So back in the day, there's a song by the singer Monica, and it's called Don't Take It Personal. Don't take it personal. And today, we're going to talk about not taking life too personal. It's actually a sign of all of your greatness. Let's talk about it. Hey, if you enjoyed that podcast, then I want to extend to you an exclusive invitation for you to become a part of Beauty and Brains Academy. It's my monthly coaching membership in which we come together and go through topics similar to the one you just heard, deep dive into it, apply the strategies that you need to your life so that you can experience the transformation and live the life you know you're meant to live. Join me at beautyandbrainsacademy.com. Again, that's beautyandbrains, with an S, academy.com. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It's your favorite Dr. Honey, Dr. Faith Abraham, your host on the Beauty and Brains Academy podcast slash broadcast. You know, I like to kind of switch it up. So today we're going to talk about not taking it personal and what that means and what that looks like because a lot of times we go through life and we feel like everything that happens to us in life um, is a personal thing. Like it's a personal attack. It's a personal vendetta. It's a personal agenda. It is all about us instead of recognizing and realizing that we live in this huge galaxy on this huge planet um, but in this galaxy uh, physically but spiritually we are in this huge uh, tandem of beings and I know listen let me just go ahead and preface this with this is going to be a spiritual uh, based type of broadcast today because I need you to understand some things so that that way you can start looking at life and operating in life much much more differently than how you have been operating in life thus far okay and so when you understand um, things on a bigger scale uh, spiritually and not just minimizing your life to something that's just physical on the earth but rather spiritually meaning that you and your life is called, is mandated, has been written out to contribute to this world that we know and that we live in. That everything that you do, everything uh, that you um, contribute, everything that you are, everything that you're able to overcome, everything that you are able to um, create and add and even subtract is all part of this huge domino effect in which when you do something, it now affects the other person. So say, for example, um, you were a victim of uh, molestation or you were a victim of rape, right? You're not just first and foremost, you are healing and overcoming for your own sanity 
right, for your own ability to stand on your own two feet as a person who has endured evil and wickedness, but then taking it a step further. And now based off of what you know, what you've learned, what you've overcome, you can now help other people. You can help them in the sense of recognizing what a molester or a rapist looks like, right, depending on the circumstances, or someone who is cultivating molestation in a household or in a family, right? You can help someone else by letting them know they're not alone. You can help somebody else by sharing your story and um, what happened to you and your process and how you overcame because it will now thereby help them or help their loved ones, right? You can now create, uh, for example, a foundation or a, a fund for victims or families that have had to deal with that type of trauma, right? Like because of something that happened to you, you don't take it personal, but rather you use it as a platform. You take that pain and you allow that pain to become a platform. Well, what are you doing? In the grand scheme of things, in the big picture, it's not just, oh, this was something that was done against me and my identity and my livelihood and my ability to live and thrive on this earth, but rather it was something to try and knock to knock me off of my course. And because I am wired to serve a purpose, I am wired to fulfill a mission, I am wired to fulfill a calling, I am wired to make a contribution, what I'm going to do, and yes, this is part of self-mastery, okay? What I'm going to do is master my mental, master my emotional master my physical to now overcome this thing and help others. Now that I've become aware of something, I'm going to use that awareness to now make a change in the world that I live in. This is what I mean when I say, don't take it personal. It's not you as a person that's being attacked. It's not you as a person uh, that's having the resistance and the opposition, but rather the contribution, the blessed, the beautiful contribution that you have to offer the world. That was what was attacked, not you as a person. That was what was rejected, not you as a person. That was what was um, abandoned um, or criticized or that was that mandate, that calling, that ability, that um, divine enablement that you have. That's what was under attack. It wasn't you as a person. But because we are taught in this small cosm uh, or schism of being of it's just me against the world, it's about me, it's all about me, which of course is necessary in our development because that's how you 
That's why babies cry. That's why they uh, learn how to lie to preserve themselves. That's how they interact with other people. Well, I like the color purple. Do you like the color purple? Okay, we're friends. <laughs> this is how we um, innately come out of the womb, very self-centered and very self-focused. But when we get older, a lot of times we are not taught how to step out of ourselves and start thinking in a way that is inclusive of this world that we live in, in this universe that we are supposed to contribute to. I'll give you an example. I remember, um, so for those of you who don't know, I am first generation Nigerian American, meaning that my parents are from Nigeria, born and raised over there. And I was born along with my siblings and raised here. So I can go to Nigeria, um, you know, and see my family. I have family. I have friends. I have, you know, colleagues. I have connections and all this stuff in a completely different continent. But when I was younger, I was just going because of my parents. When I was younger, I was being exposed to a completely different way of living, <laughs> a completely different standard of life. Uh, a completely different way of seeing things, behaving, acting. Um, you know, we, I think this was when I was a teenager, we went to visit because I've been going since I was like two. I don't even remember all the times that I've gone, but I remember the times when I was older, obviously. But I remember uh, one time, I think I was a preteen or a teen, and we were driving down the road and, you know, just cruising family of seven, our driver, we were in this van, it's smoking hot. I mean, y'all, when I tell you it's hot, it's hot down now, okay? You can walk out of your house and whatever curls you think you had in your hair, pew, gone. You thought you were dry, honey, the sweat beads everywhere. <laughs> and then you get in this van and you're like, yeah, turn on the AC. Child, you can't feel that AC. It's hot as the dickens in that van. So we're in the van. We're driving down the road, which is, you know, part concrete, part dirt, red dirt that gets and seeps down into your jeans. And all of a sudden we were driving. I think we were going from um, Benin to Lagos or uh we were going to Lagos to Emo State, something like that. So it was a pretty long journey and we just got stopped. All of a sudden, there are these quote unquote officers with AK-47s, machetes, you know, just banging on the car, like, you know, trying to get my dad out of the car. And I'm like, hold up, what's going on? I've never experienced anything like this before in my life. Our parents didn't tell us anything like this could happen. We, all five of us, are freaking out. Okay? We are, no, don't take my dad. Leave my dad. You know, we're screaming. And they're like, tell your kids to shut up. The, uh, uh, you know, like they're cussing at us, right? In the native language and native tongue. And we are freaking out. Like, and my mom was like trying to calm us down. Like, it's okay, y'all. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Relax, relax, relax. You know, and they're like, and you know, my dad is like, hey guys, y'all, you know, and we're like, oh, you know, breathing hard. We're like, you know, and, and I'm hearing my dad like, don't you see what you guys are doing? Don't you see what you're doing with them? To my kids, they're scared. Why are you doing, why are you guys behaving like this? Don't you know this is not how, this is not how civil people behave. You know, he's just going off on them. Part English, part Igbo, part English. 
was pretty. I'm laughing about it now, but I was like, whew, I'm about to not have a dad. Like, we should have never came on this trip. I never asked for this trip. I didn't want to be here anyway. It's too daggone hot. You know, all these things are rushing through my head. And my dad, because I'm still in eyesight of him and I'm seeing him. And he's like, look, this is what I have. What I have, I will give to you. But you have to promise to let us go and leave us alone. No harm. If I hand this money over, you know, and he's, like I said, going back and forth in English and in Igbo. And, you know, it's just this big thing. And we're just like praying as much as I knew how to pray at that time anyway. But he gives them money. And what was once on a hundred thousand scale of crazy and scariness now reduced to 10. My dad gets back in the car or in the van. Everybody's settled down. We're still freaking out. We don't even know what happened. We don't even know how to process this. And we're on our way. That moment (laughs) was that entire trip. And even the trip after that was such an eye-opener for me as an individual. Because in America, where I grew up, that would never happen. At least in, in you know, my schism of in, in, in the things that I had experienced thus far. Okay? That would never happen. That's just not an experience that you would have in America for the most part. And it really showed me how different life is for various people on this planet. And at that young age, I was exposed to something that I never, I didn't have a foundation for, I didn't have a basis for, I didn't, there was no way to, to really deal with that in my mind, in my heart, in my soul was trembling. I almost, to me, I almost lost my dad. But to my dad and my mom, this was a regular thing. Perplexing. And I share that story with you to show you that life is so much more than our little bubble that we live in. We are these spiritual beings that are having a human natural experience. That moment in time showed me face to face, very bluntly, no holds bar, that this life was much bigger than my little life in Houston, Texas that I knew thus far up until that moment. It gave me, it broadened my horizons. It gave me a completely different way of perceiving life and having an appreciation for things and people and moments and family. And it it just really shifted a lot of things within me. And once I began to understand that, that now allowed me to operate differently and to think it literally gave me, yes, permission to think differently. It gave, me per- it gave me permission to see life in a different way. And ever since that day, I realized that 
if I could live my life in a way that had meaning, that was meaningful, that added to somebody, that um, gave someone hope, that ignited them, that would allow me to play the role in the earth that I was meant to play when I was in my mother's womb. But self-mastery required me to work through my trauma, to work through my shortcomings, to work through my uh, strengths and weaknesses and failures and work through all of those things that you have to work through as a human being. It Self-mastery required me to say, hey, this is what's in my heart, even though I'm not seeing it. What do I need to master within myself? Is it my emotional? Is it my mental? Is it my physical? Is it my financial? Is it my spiritual? What do I what information do I not know that I need to know so that I can master myself and go forth every single day adding and contributing and uh, manifesting the earth is waiting for the sons of God, right? For the manifestation of the sons of God, right? Like, what do I need to learn? What is it that I don't know that I need to know so I can show up in the way, in a relevant way, in the way I need to show up? That's literally what that moment did. And so I didn't take that moment personal, but I took it as a, here we go an indication as to what was inside of me. Now, in that moment, I didn't know all of this. Hindsight is twenty twenty. But when I got older and I started reflecting back, it started to make sense. It started to give me greater context to my life and what the possibilities of my life, what I could actually achieve. And this is what I want to trigger within you today. What I want to trigger within you today is for you not to take all the ups and downs personal, for you not to take uh, the rejection and the abandonment and the hurt and the trauma and the accidents and the losses personal. Uh, yes, there are some people who have done things to you intentionally um, and it was personal, but not Everything is personal. Some things are just in the grand scheme of what is on your life to give you a revelation, to give you a shake, to give you a uh, kick in the pants as to, hey, pay attention. Hey, wake up. Hey, take the scales off of your eyes and see how you can live life in a completely different way than you've ever lived it before. This is literally the purpose of self-mastery. This is the purpose. You master yourself so that you can show up in life in a greater way, in a major way, in a greater capacity to really bring relevance to not only your life, but to other people's lives, your children, your spouse, your family members, uh, someone across the ocean that you'll never meet a day in your life, but they'll listen to your voice on a, on a video, YouTube video or a podcast or whatever in your business and how they uh, experience doing business with you and the confidence that you exude after being teased mercilessly as a kid, overcoming that and teaching someone else how to have that confidence and how to rise up to the occasion and how to uh, kick fear in the butt right? What was stopping you before isn't a, isn't a stopper anymore. It's a motivator. This is the point that your life, as small as it is, 
is so big in the greater context of it all that your life has a domino effect that when you become better you give someone else permission to do better live better conquer overcome achieve one thing that wakes me up every morning is that hey I can do something today that will give someone else a reason to hope, to have faith, to try, to keep going. And that gives me a reason to serve, to push, to go, to not quit. We quit on ourselves all the time, but it's harder for us to quit on other people, especially when they're expecting us to show up. This is why trainers are so important, right? This is why coaches are so important. Like you will sit there and say, yes, I'm going to get up at 6am in the morning and I'm going to work out. And then the alarm goes off and you hit the snooze button, right? But when you have a trainer and no, I got to meet my trainer. I don't want to, you know, I don't want them looking at me crazy. You get up. So you may not do for yourself, but you don't want to not show up or do for someone else. And that's why we need each other. And that's why your self-mastery is so key. Even in self-mastery, we have to be able to understand that, yes, there are some things that, you know, you make a decision, you're going to suffer the consequences. There are consequences and repercussions to every decision that we make, everything that we do. And that's fine. But self-mastery requires you to Take responsibility and be accountable to yourself while also, watch this, while also saying, I recognize that there is a purpose, a calling, something that I'm meant to do on the earth. And when I tap into that thing, it will free up and help so many other people. And because of that, that may very well invite, so to speak, battles, warfare, uh, experiences that normally if you didn't have such a, a, a calling or such a impact to make on the world, you wouldn't experience that. That wouldn't be anything. But because you have something that's so important and that can shape the world for the better, that can remove and take the edge off of the evil and the wickedness and the pain and the hurt that we find in our world, in our societies, you have something that you can give and you can contribute that maybe, just maybe, It's not personal. It's not me per se, but it's what's on my life. And because of what's on my life, I have a responsibility to rise to the occasion, master myself, do what I need to do, and become all I was birthed to be. That's a powerful way of living. So I leave you with this, my beauty. What do you have to offer the world? Can you look at your life? 
can you look at your experiences and see a common theme or thread? Can you connect the dots and say, huh, I noticed this. I noticed that. And now ask yourself, what is that really trying to tell me? Because whatever all your experiences, your trauma, your all those things that have happened to you are trying to communicate to you is really the opposite of what it is. So if your thing was, you know, being broken down via violence and you grew up in domestic violence and you didn't have a strong identity or you didn't have strong uh, parental roles or anything like that, you could see yourself as unworthy or unvaluable. You could see yourself as a wreck. You come from a wreck, you know, a, a broken home. And so you yourself are broken. Okay. Well, instead of taking that perspective, could you adopt the perspective of, watch this, what's on my life is actually to show me how valuable I am. What I've experienced is to actually show me and lead me in a way that would allow me to create, cultivate, adopt a life that will show a healthy relationship, the opposite of domestic violence. I always tell my clients, and my clients know this, I always tell my clients, it's the opposite. Well, I don't think I'm that big of a deal. It's the opposite. Well, I don't think I could actually have a happy marriage. It's the opposite. I don't think I could make a million dollars. It's the opposite. (laughs) Well, I don't think I would be able to have impact. Again, the opposite. It's the opposite. Your experiences usually are telling you the opposite. Well, everyone told me that I have a big mouth and I talk too much. Yeah, it's the opposite. You probably do talk too much. But if you get something in your mouth or in your brain that people want and need you talking, quote unquote, too much, air quotes, too much, will actually be to the benefit of many. You see how I flipped it? Did my thing flip it in reverse it? Missy Elliott. Okay. But catch it and ask yourself the same questions. What's the opposite of your life? What's the opposite of your experiences? Because the opposite is actually what's true. And what's true is actually your contribution. So your assignment is going to be to figure out what your contribution is, what is the opposite, and to begin to walk in that opposite. Okay, beauty. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.